This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It's your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, and thank you for once again joining me on this fine journey of what is the RAF podcast. First and foremost, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe today either on uh, the old podcast or on the old SoundCloud, depending which way you rock it out. Uh, reason being is quite frankly promoting this is a bitch. The recording is the easy bit, but yeah, the promotion just sucks, like, big time. All right, well, that's enough of my woes. Let's get back into it. Uh, again, excuse the coughing. I've got a hell of a flu I'm trying to get over, so if I start coughing during it, please forgive me. All right, so what we're going to be talking about today, about 12 years ago, uh, so 2007, I went through China, so I travelled through the whole of China, from Shanghai, Beijing, overland to Tibet. Uh, People obviously say Tibet is a separate country, we'll leave that political agenda aside, and then all through the southern provinces of China. Now, what I realised in a lot of the Buddhist temples that I was, was visiting, was that a lot of the food which I thought was meat or prawns or whatever, actually wasn't meat. Like, the crazy thing is that it was actually plants and vegetables with sauces, but it tasted exactly the same as, like, a sirloin steak like you have in Texas or Australia or wherever. Uh, and uh, disclaimer here, I've got this from The Economist, so sign up to them. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely worth a read every day, and it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, magazine. So yeah, economists don't sue me, I promoted it, this is for educational purposes. Articles called Fake Moves, and it is by, shit, it's a long motherfucking article, it's by some dude, or some lady, or they, anyway, it's a good article, let's get reading. So, let's find out how it works with essentially fake meat. A journalist walks into Honest Burgers, a small chain of restaurants in Britain. Mindful of the carbon emissions that come from raising cows, he orders a plant-based burger. It tastes convincingly beefy, at least when encased in a brioche bun and loaded with vegan gouda and chipotle mayo. He asks where this wondrous environmentally friendly virtue burger was made. Sheepishly, staff inform him that the patty supplied by Beyond Meat, a California-based company, has been flown in from America. To be fair, Beyond Meat has plans to begin products of its foods in the Netherlands. The company's expansion is just one sign of a steep change in the demand for foods aiming to replace meat on people's plates. A niche business is becoming a mainstream. Startups and established food conglomerates are hungry for a share of rapidly growing market for plant-based meats Foods that mimic the taste, texture, and nutritional qualities of meat without a single animal in sight. Uh, look, I'll keep going to the article a bit, but just a bit of background is basically one of the criticisms of meat, apart from the actual physically physical killing of the animal, 
is that uh, cows emit enormous amount of methane gas, or basically like letting rip essentially, I guess. And also, um, it's required a lot of farmland. So whether that's in the Amazon or other parts of the world, it requires a lot of land, therefore deforestation and, you know, the environmental consequences associated with it. So, you know, whilst I'm, I'm a meat lover through and through, in order to be in the sense neutral from an environmental point of view, there there is definitely, I would guess, an argument for it. Okay, let us continue. At the moment, the market for meat substitutes in the is tiny. Euromonitor, a market research firm, estimates that Americans spend $1.4 billion a year on them, around 4% of what they spend on real meat. It's not really a tiny amount of money. Europeans also chomp through about $1.5 billion worth of meatless meat a year, but this is 9 to 12% of what they spend on animal flesh. Euromonitor expects the markets for meat alternatives in both Europe and America to double by 2022. Annas at Barclays Bank estimate that global sales of alternative meats could grow from 1% of the total market for meat to about 10% over the next year. Should start buying shares. Looks like it's going to go off. No bones about it. If so, the implications are vast. Until recently, the only way to make meat was for an animal to eat a plant and then be killed. Now, with better technology, it may be possible to create radically different animal-free food chains, and boffins are constantly improving what bogus burgers taste like. Demand for plant-based meat is driven by a combination of environmental, ethical, and health concerns. Raising animal for meat, eggs, and milk is one of the most resource-intensive processes in agriculture. What I was talking about before. According to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, it generates 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Globally, demand for meat from animals is shooting up as people in developing countries go richer and can afford to feast <coughs> on flesh. Excuse me. In rich countries, by contrast, an increasing number of people say they would like to eat fewer animals. They may even mean it. Nearly two-fifths of Americans who described themselves as carnivores taught a survey by Mental in February that they wanted to add more plant-based products to the diet. Some call themselves flexitarians, not wholly vegetarian or vegan, but anxious <coughs> to reduce their meat consumption nonetheless. That's the flu kicking in again. Love it. <coughs> Excuse me. Young people are the most fervently flexible. Around a third of those under the age of 35 in Britain told a poll by Mental in September 2018 they wanted to count the amount of meat they eat compared with less than a fifth of older people. Yeah, but that's because, like, old people are just so stuck in their ways. And also, half of the old people would be like, global warming doesn't even exist. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know a lot of my mum's friends that are just massive sceptics. Anyway, partly because of this demand for meat, substitutes has grown by 37% in America in the past two years and by 30% in Western Europe. Beyond meat and impossible foods, another plant-based food company in Silicon Valley have entered the market. Impossible has raised $700 million in private funds. Its backers include Bill Gates. Fucking hell. Since Beyond Meat went public in May, its valuation has more than quintupled to $8.4 Given the growth they're talking about, probably more. 
Many of these companies look to plant-based milk as a precedent. The market for these took off in the mid-2000s, recalls Matt Bell from the, Global, from the Good Food Institute, a non-profit group in Washington, D.C., that monitors and promotes awareness of plant-based meat. That owes something to canny marketing. In 2002, Dean Foods bought Silk, a soy milk brand, and insisted that it was placed next to cow's milk on supermarket shelves. That made consumers think of it as just another variety of the white stuff you pour on your cereal, rather than a weird product for people with allergies. It's actually really, really simple, but clever. Plant-based milk, including almond, oat, and hemp, now accounts for 15% of retail milk sales in America and 8% in Britain. Over the past year, nearly two-fifths of American households bought alternative milks. Often they do so alongside dairy products. In a poll by Ipsos Mori, 38% of American consumers said that they guzzled plant-based milk, but only 12% did so exclusively. The others were flexitarian. They've just got names for everything these days. Drinking both Mojo's and the Nutty or Beanie variety. In Britain, 20% of people surveyed by Mintel gloved such products, but only a third of those did so because of an allergy or intolerance. The rest said the new milks were healthier and more ethical. Alright, let's try and fast track this because this article goes for absolutely ages. Alright, we'll go down here. High stakes. At Van Der Gut at the Food Process Engineering Laboratory at oh my Lord, Wageningen University has been working with a Dutch firm called the Vegetarian Butcher, a pioneer of the plant meat industry. The latest invention can create muscle-like structures and textures within the slab of plant-based meats using a device called a couette cell. This consists of two concentric cylinders one of which rotates around the other while the ingredients are sandwiched in between. By exerting force on the proteins in the mixture, the ingredients lengthens into fibres and wind around one another. The result is a glutinous red slab of plant meat that contains long, thick, elastic muscle-like fibres which look and flake apart like pulled pork or beef. Dr. Vandergoot's team has shown that when grilled, cuts from this muscle can sizzle brown and give off aromas like a steak. From an environmental perspective, the new meats are, the new meats are surely better. Rearing slaughtering animals is an inefficient way to produce fuel, food, says Bruce Frederick of the GFI. Most of the energy that goes into making a cow is used as it walks around, digests food, and grows. And, you know, tick. Oh, and grows the non-edible bits. Excuse me for a moment. I'm having a bit of technical difficulties. I'm trying to read the article and the graph keeps coming up. Anyway, let's keep moving on. As yet rigorous environmental assessments of plant-based meats are rare, both Impossible Foods and Beyond Meats have commissioned independent researchers to carry out life cycle analysis of their products. Their findings are encouraging. All right, and then blah, 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 blah. For its part, Beyond Meat's hope that as it ramps up production, prices will fall because at the moment it is a little bit pricey. It's basically uh, yeah, quite a few dollars more expensive than your standard meat patty. Peas, the main source of protein used in its burgers, are in plentiful supply worldwide thanks to an import ban in India last year. But getting them from the field to the plate has been tricky. The protein is extracted by therms such as Puros or Roket and then transformed into burgers by Beyond Meat. 
bottlenecks in the pea protein supply last year delayed the firm's launch in Europe. Only more recently has production capacity risen to meet demand. Beyond Meat's new Dutch plant will help Pyrrhus has teamed up with Cargill, one of the big four grain traders, to expand its capacity. All right, let's finish this bad boy off. The impossibilities are endless. Once firms are trying to woo customers by making animal husbandry green, a Danish crown, Europe's largest pork producer, has said it wants to halve its emissions by 2030 by using energy and water more efficiently and using greener packaging. More investors are demanding transparency on how the meat is sourced, says Arti Ramachandran of the Fair Initiative, a group that tells investors that they might lose money if they back environmentally dodgy meat producers. Other meat makers are lobbying for protection. Terrified of the prospect of meat grown from stem cells in labs, the beef industry in America has been urging legislators to restrict the use of the word meat to that which can come from an animal carcass, which I actually think is fair enough, and a few states in America have agreed with that as well. The European Court of Justice ruled that many plant-based alternatives could not be labelled milk in 2017, but this did not noticeably affect demand. The bold-over labels as a sign that meat producers are on the defensive, said Mr Friedrich of the GFI. The meat industry attempting to define meat as something that comes from a slaughtered animal is every bit as absurd as trying to say that your phone is not a phone because it doesn't plug into a wall anymore, he claims. When plant-based meat becomes common language, will no doubt adapt the word meat may one day simply evoke the sensory experience that comes from eating a particular blend of fats, Aminco acids, minerals, and water. Whether that is made by slaughtering animals or by some other means depends on the ingenuity of the new meat makers. All right, well, in summary, um, once again, thank you for the people at uh, The Economist for writing that article. Yeah, go subscribe. And uh, yeah, very, very good thing to read. Now, my point of view, like I said, I am an avid meat lover. Uh, I don't think even after doing this podcast that's going to change. But the whole concept of maybe a flexitarian, I think I could definitely maybe look into. And I think for a lot of people that's probably where we'll head to begin with. Um, just sort of go the 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 50-50 sort of way of things. And, and I guess there's still the sort of assurance that you have when you eat meat that you know what it is, you know. Um, and of course there's obviously the plant products but then sometimes I'd be a bit worried about what else they're putting in to try and achieve it now it looks at this stage to be relatively hunky-dory the way that they're doing it but like I said um, I think with the next generation coming through so probably kids that are like you know 13, 14, 15 at the moment I think they'll probably get more into uh, these plant-based meat products because it's... um, yeah, I guess they're more sort of environmentally conscious and they're the generation and, and their kids, so essentially my, my grandkids, God willing, will be the ones where, you know, environment's going to be a very, very serious issue for them. So I think it's heading in the right direction. Uh, it looks like the markets are definitely growing, but having said that, because it's not just in meat, but also in grains and other things, the old developing countries, i.e. like India or et cetera, et cetera, Indonesia are having huge China as well are having huge middle class that is growing so you know one of the biggest things will also be trying to convince the people that have for 
hundreds of years dreamt of, you know, attaining the Western lifestyle, so to speak, um, and it becoming a sign of affluence, eating meat, where once they didn't have it, I mean, again, it's going to have to be a clever marketing ploy to get them involved in it as well. So either way, something very interesting to keep an eye on, look forward, and I've heard apparently that the local burger stores, they do have uh, vegetable meat patties, so I shall have to give it a try and let you know. Once again, thank you for listening, apologising for the cough and the flu. It's been a little bit of a tricky one actually <laughs> trying to hold it in. But like I said, uh, please subscribe, please listen, and... Uh, yeah, thank you once again for joining me on this journey. Tune in to LA, aka the Love Ambassador. This is me signing out for another podcast. Wow, wow, peace.